hi, I'm Lisa. And many moons ago, I started my life in diapers. Hi, I'm Jill. And I'm Ashley. And this is Poverty Pitfalls and the Price of Diapers. And before we get into who our guest is, how are you, Ashley? I'm doing great. Yeah. Another day working from home. I might go in tomorrow just because I'm going yeah. a little cabin crazy, cabin yes. feeling a little cabin fever. Yeah. But right. I am saving a lot of gas money. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet so. Yeah. That's yeah. a positive, right? Yes. That's a Definitely big positive. A positive. Um, well, yeah. Why do you think I love the warehouse right where it is? Cause I'm so close to it. It's really, yes. <laughs> really handy. Um, I have a story. I don't think I've told you this yet, Ashley. I have to, I have to share the big, the big thing that happened at my house this weekend. Let's see. When was this mm. yeah, Friday? Um, my daughter's, you know, laying in her bed, reading a book before she goes to bed. Cause she's a big reader. She's like, uh, mom yells at me in the other room. I think there's like a bird or something flying in my room. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> That creates some excitement. I was like, <laughs> I'm sure it was just a squirrel on the roof, you know, not validating her thoughts and feelings at all. It was wonderful. <laughs> Couple minutes. She's like, yeah, that would make sense. Couple minutes later. Yeah, mom, it's a bat. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Bat in the house. So then there was chaos. You know, I got her out of her room and I got her and one of the dogs in my room. The other dog like ran downstairs and like closed the door. So I was like, okay, well, we know the bat's not in my room. So now Riley and one dog are in there. That's fine. Meanwhile, I'm like <laughs> texting. I've got this group of friends I've had since we were, some of us since we were seven years old. So I'm like, so what do you do when there's a bat flying around your house? And one of them texts back and says, say, hey, bat. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. That's in awesome. the house. Bat needs to be outside of the house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bless your heart. Uh, so to get the broom. Well, no, like then it, you know, I was standing outside my bedroom door and I saw it like flying up the stairs. Oh my and I, of gosh. course, screamed. And Riley's <laughs> like, what's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the consensus was I needed to just go open a door and leave it open for a while. And of course, it's like, you know, 30 degrees, 25 degrees, oh, whatever. It's cool. Yes. But I went downstairs. I opened the door, left it open for like 10 minutes. I just kind of sat there not moving, thinking, okay, it's going to fly out. It's going to fly out. I heard it move in this one little area. So I went in a different room, still tried to keep an eye out, close. Finally, I was like, all right, it's cold. I'm tired. I got to go to bed. Close the door. As far as I know, the bat's gone. We wake up the next morning. Riley's like hugging the walls because apparently that's what you're supposed to do because they fly high near the walls and oh. low in the middle of the room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How crazy. So, get her to school. I come home. I check behind all the curtains, like make sure there's no, you know, the bat's not hanging behind the curtain. I like look everywhere. Ugh. I'm like, okay, it had to have flown out, whatever. She did have to go get the rabies va or yeah, the rabies vaccine, which is a big pain in the butt. Wow. It's like seven shots. No. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, at the same time. So three and you, and you have to go to the ER to start the series. So we had to go to the she had to get three shots and then we go back we go back for the rest of the shots the the rest so we'll we went back monday we go back again friday and next friday so i'm just like oh god oh okay. my goodness so i decided to have you know somebody come check out the house for bats um <laughs> But before that happened, then a couple nights later, I was having all those said high school friends over um, for a little post-birthday celebration. And we were having game night. So there's this dog bed by the um, where I keep all the games. And it's a really big dog bed. Both the dogs lay on it. So I kind of lifted up and moved it. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. 
And guess who it's was sitting under now? the dog, dog bed? <laughs> the bat was there. Oh my gosh. Is it possible it bit any of the dogs? Well, it is, but you know, they've got rabies vaccination. The bigger thing was the night before Riley had friends over and Riley was sitting on that dog bed all night. No. And like, and they say apparently bats can bite you and you won't even know it and you won't see the teeth marks. Like, really? Yes. So Bless your heart. I know I find like I put a box over the bat. I, you know, I, I worked up the, it took me a little while. Like, you know, I lifted it and saw it. So I put the dog bed right back, back down and Riley knew on my face. She knew exactly. So she like headed up. She's like, I'm out. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> I go back to my text string. I'm like, you guys, the bat is still here. <laughs> Oh, this so, wasn't during the party. I no, this, this was, was right before. It was right before the party. Oh. Right? Yeah, before the party, we were getting ready. Went back to the text string, covered the bat up, called the called called the popo because you know I was like, "There's got to be a critter control or something that comes." Well, she was on vacation, of course. Um, okay. But they still came out and they they came and got it and took it away, and now it's being tested for rabies. Um, really? Because if it has wow. rabies, I'll probably have to get the shot too. But. <sighs> What an anyway, adventure. I'm sorry. That was a, a really long story, but it was. Well, it'll be something that you and Riley right. can laugh about when you're, yes. you know, a few years down the road. Great yes. memory. She's our, I feel like she's already laughing at it, which is good. Although um, she has, I guess last night was the first night she slept in her bed because I Aww. could not handle the child and the two dogs in the bed with me. I'm like, you guys, I'm not getting any sleep. This is. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that was a hard rule I made when Jackson was a kid. Like he's oh yeah, not... she never, she never ever. I thought yeah. same. It's a, been a hard rule, but I was like, okay, there was a bat in your room, and you had to get the rabies vaccine. I get it. Like yes. I wouldn't want to go back to my bed either. So hmm. there's finally... a whole scene in the movie The Great Outdoors. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what it reminds me. I of. forgot all about that. That's you and exactly Riley should watch it. What it we should. <laughs> Oh, so Amazing. yeah, but apparently like if there's a bat in your house this time of year, you probably have a bat colony living in your attic. So it's good times. No. Yeah. No, I hope Riley's well, not listening. Don't listen, Riley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the one so, thing about being like a single mom that is like always, because yes. I always used to get my ex-husband to deal with stuff like that. Right. I'm fine. Like I always mowed the yard and took care of all the day-to-day -day stuff. But if something like that Same. happens- I want to just be like, will you please take care of this? Right? <laughs> I do not want to deal with the bats. No. Or like a leak in some pipe that's gushing yes. everywhere. Like I think about these things all the time. Like <laughs> what if that happened? Like I'm not going to have the tools to uh, like handle that. Well, don't worry. Someday, since you're relatively newly divorced, you know, eventually you'll learn how to change a whole toilet. It's fantastic. It's oh, kind God. of, it's kind of freeing and liberating. You'll know all about the ins and outs of a toilet. That's really exciting to um, learn about. YouTube is your friend, um, right? That's what yeah. the men do anyway. Yeah, can't exactly. Wait. <laughs> I have to lift the thing. If I can lift the toilet. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Um, okay. Well, uh, I, I guess do we want to say one more yeah. thing before, cause I sent Please. Olivia an email earlier and I got an out, of, out of office reply and I don't know what's going on, but I just want to say that our prayers and thoughts are with Olivia. Olivia. Well, by the time this airs, Olivia will likely have a healthy baby at home. Um, yes. Who will be probably four ish weeks old. So it'll be very exciting. So yeah. yes, Olivia, we miss you too. Can't oh wait my gosh. To, yes. We can't wait for you to come back. <laughs> um, but we, I mean, we have things under control. It's great, but, but we, we love you and we miss you. And, but we hope you're getting lots of good time in with that new little baby. Um, yes. So yeah, good call. Okay. Well, let's introduce our guests for today. Um, Lisa with Help a Mother Out based out of California, San Francisco. Um, I would say Lisa's the reason that Happy Bottoms, one of the reasons Happy Bottoms exists because I read an article she wrote about the work she was doing um, on diaper need and was inspired to 
do something about it here in Kansas city. So we're kind of, I think, kindred spirits and she's really fun to talk to. So we hope you guys enjoy, um, this one with Lisa. Hi, Lisa. How how are you today? Good, good. I'm so excited to be here. Good. We are excited to have you. Um, I wish you could be here in person. That would be fun. Um, Lisa's joining us all the way from the West coast with, um, help a mother out a fellow diaper bank. So Lisa, tell us, tell us how you got, how this started, how, tell us a little bit about your journey to get to help a mother out. Okay. Yeah. So, um, February, 2009, I had a three-year-old in preschool and a nine-month-old baby at home. And um, I was watching an Oprah Winfrey show about the Great Recession. And um, I was just uh, inspired to help and reach out into our community. And so um, I recruited a, a mom friend of mine, Rachel Fudge, and we started a blog called Help a Mother Out, which I know, Jill, um, mm-hmm. you you found us. I did. Pretty quickly after that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so it started as a, it was a total and complete accident. Like I was on maternity leave and, you know, it was supposed to be a one-off community service project for Mother's Day. And then, you know, after finding out more just about the need and specifically that there's no public assistance for diapers, we just knew we had to, um, you know, continue, continue the work to, to help our neighbors in need. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a train ride with no breaks. It, it kind of feels like, you know, we're kind of, um, this will be our 13th year. And I know that, um, when did, when did you start Happy Bottoms? Mm, August of 2009. August of 2009. I was right on your heels. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Um, I don't know if this will make it in there, but I did pull up your email (laughs) to to us. The one where I wanted to use your name. Yeah. Well, no, you were like, okay. Well, I won't won't read it all, but uh, October 17th, 2009. Oh my God. You said you have a friend who runs a nonprofit. Give what you got. Mm-hmm. And she turned you on to help a mother out's website. She asked you to throw some energy into raising the diaper need awareness in Kansas City. And um, you had said that you really loved the article that I wrote um, titled, If the Government Can Make Cheese, Why Can't They Make Diapers? Um, mm-hmm. So incredible. It's so I know it's so incredible. And what is amazing, and I tell all of like our supporters here, I'm like, you know, Jill and Happy Bottoms, like they started in the same year and we're about the same size organization. And, you know, um, I will just take this opportunity to just do kudos to you, Jill, because oh. I know firsthand that this is so hard to do, just starting something like mm-hmm. out of thin air. And, you know, of course, you know, you have fellow advocates and team members, but it really does, um, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. And so it does. And so, you know, to do that in a, you know, build an organization and have a family and, you know, bring people to the cause and, you know, so I'm just, I'm a fan cheering you on. uh, I appreciate that so much. I, and I have to just say huge kudos to you. I mean, that article literally changed my life. It changed the trajectory of my life and it's, yeah, it's just incredible. And I've always looked at you from afar and the work you do, which I can't wait to talk about today is just, um, it's pretty freaking amazing. And I was thinking of that this morning, I am so impressed with like, you just, you do your work. I feel like you, I try to tell myself this all the time, right? Because I do feel like there's this, um, in some ways, sense of competition between diaper banks at times. I don't personally feel that like I've, I'm great friends with a lot of diaper bankers. I love them. Um, but, but it can't as humans, it can get a little hard, you know, when you hear this person's doing that and this person's doing that and you want to do just as much. So I am constantly reminding myself, put my blinders on, stay in my lane, focus on my work that I'm doing, but that's more of a, not because I don't appreciate and, and love what everybody else is doing. It really is just, you know, like that's been ingrained in me since childhood or whatever social 
norm type things, right? Um, or behaviors. Um, and I feel like you, uh, and you know, we have never talked about this, but it has been my outside observation that you are so good at that. And you are so good at um, really doing things in a unique and out of the box way to become the successful organization that you are. And it has been incredible to watch and to see everything that you're doing. So kudos to oh, you as well. Thank you. I don't Love know. That. I need to go get my, 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 my Kleenex box. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, plus one to, to all of yeah. what you just said, because yeah. I, you know, I, it, I think people who don't work in nonprofit are under their impression that everything is like rainbows and unicorns and, you know, mm. everyone gets along and there's no competition and, um, you know, it, and that's not the case. And, and, you know, right. what's, what's also, but, but what is the case is, um, and I think we're kind of, we're, we're probably cut from a pretty similar cloth. I would mm -hmm. say is just, you know, you mentioned the, you know, keeping your head down, focusing on your goals. And, you know, I mean, I think that is the, the healthiest approach, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, you know, if it, one should be in competition with yourself, yes. not with other people. And, um, you know, I think it's amazing that, you know, you, I mean, you were inspired by us, but like, certainly like you did the work, <laughs> you and your colleagues <laughs> have done the work, you know, it takes, right. Nobody sees all the, all the hard work behind right. the scenes. It's like, oh, you know, oh, well, why does she get this? Or, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, you know, I think that definitely um, the world would be a better place if especially, um, you know, just women, if we, if we could support one another and celebrate the wins, because, Absolutely. you know, it doesn't mean just because like, if you win something, it doesn't mean that like, I didn't, I, that I lost. It mm -hmm. means that, you know, you're doing good. I mean, look at all the good that we've done and all the mm -hmm. lives that have been changed because of the organizations. Absolutely. Uh, right? um, I don't know if you know, Jen Mann, she is a well-published author. She lives here in Kansas city and she turned me on to the saying that when one boat rises, we all rise. Yes. Um, so it's like that, you know, when, when one woman does get accolades or appreciation, it's really helping all of us. Um, so, you know, let's lift them up, yes. but I, I want to hear a, a little bit, I'm going to dive into, because I, I think that you, um, operate well, first of all, I, I don't know how you do what you do at the scale of what you do with so little staff. So I'm just, that always blows me. <laughs> <laughs> um, me away. You so want to know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I want to, I, I would love yeah. for Ashley and our listeners to understand a little bit about, you know, how you operate. And because I think it is a little bit different than how we operate, but, it, but in an, in an incredible way. And so I'd love for people to understand that, but before we get there, I also had another thought back on that, you know, nonprofit and getting an organization up off the ground. And I think something else that a lot of people don't talk about is lonely, lonely place doing that work. And I don't know if you feel that Lisa ever, but oh my it, gosh, it's so yeah. lonely. Like, I think I just need, I need to get like your, I don't know if I have your, I don't know if we have oh, each no other's more. cell phones. Yeah. I'm like, we need to like start, text, you know, oh my God. We, we yeah. need to start doing because, that. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is lonely. And, you know, being the boss is lonely. <laughs> You know, and maybe like, that's what it is. Right. Right. Because yeah, you I mean, start this with like a passion and then you yeah. have to become this boss. And it's like, that's not why you necessarily get into it. And it, and it turns up, yeah, it ends up being really lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, there's a level of expectation and also responsibility, right? Like when you bring on people, like, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but like, I feel a responsibility, like, I, you know, the, 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 I'm, you know, this person is getting a paycheck, right? <laughs> right? Like, and all of the things, all of the operations and all the decisions like that, it impacts, you know, obviously first it impacts the, the community that we're serving, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah. I, I, it, it is hard. I don't know what yeah. else to say. Yeah. Well, fellow, <laughs> fellow diaper bankers out there, if you're listening yeah. we see you, we love you. You got this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and don't has, you know, I think the big thing that I would, if I could go back mm -hmm. and like, you know, change one thing, 
I would say that, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges for me was realizing that I cannot and should not do it all. And, you know, I know from the outside looking and you're like, how are they, you know, there's four people, um, you know, we, we just are really, you know, we have a saying, we have a motto internally, you know, always be streamlining. So our operations are very streamlined and, you know, um, it's kind of getting into the weeds, but yeah, no, I love it, that. Always yeah. be streamlining. I love that saying. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay. So four people, how, how do you do it? How do you do it with four people? Tell us that, but tell us exactly how you're getting diapers into the community. And I'd love to hear too about the work that you've done at the state level and some of, some of that, um, you know, how, how that plays in because you have a unique, um, I know we talked about this on the phone, uh, gosh, it might've been a couple of years ago. Now time flies, um, how it's very unique that San Francisco County and city have the same boundary lines, which sometimes helps with, um, legislation and things like that. So I think there were like five questions in there. So just go for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. So, um, <laughs> So I think the first question, um, what I heard was you want to know how we get the diapers to families yes. in need with like four full-time mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Um, okay. And just yeah. in general, so, tell us about your programming. General. Yeah. 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 So um, a high level, broadly speaking, uh, you know, we don't do it on our own, <laughs> right? <laughs> like we don't have a, do you guys have a truck? You, we did. did I see you have a truck? Yeah. Um, yeah. great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we don't have a truck, you know, mm -hmm. we, we hire a third, we have third party freight suppliers, mm -hmm. um, local small businesses. Um, we, we do have a warehouse, um, provider, um, but we technically don't own a warehouse. We don't touch the diapers. Um, every month we, you know, have trucks delivered to our warehouse partner and then, um, our, you know, we, we ship the diapers out by the pallet. Um, and you know, a lot of the organizations, you know, it's sort it's a, it's a pretty diverse spectrum. I mean, when we have smaller organizations, it's like, you know, a church food pantry that, you know, they only need maybe 20 cases of diapers. Right. And then we'll have another a public agency like a WIC, uh, you know, agency, and maybe they'll they'll give a, they'll do a giveaway for of like two thousand cases of diapers. So so we're delivering um, to uh, you know a, a variety of partners because we we know that because the area that we live in is incredibly diverse with very different communities culturally speaking, and so you know we want to make sure in terms of equity that we're serving. Um, the many communities that are, that are within our purview. So that's amazing. Yeah. So that's, um, that that's, that's how, that's how we do it. And so, you know, really from an operational standpoint, it's more of like a distribution sort of framework where we're like a distributor, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you're running a distribution center kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, 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 so we procure the diapers from different sources and then, you know, push them out. So. And that means you never have to go. I, I'm guessing you really don't ever go to the warehouse. Uh, well, we sometimes go to the warehouse <laughs> to inventory. I mean, you know, definitely have robust technology, um, to keep us, uh, you know, organized and, and make sure that we, you know, the auditors that we get a good grade from the auditors. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really only to go to the warehouse like once or twice a year to, you know, do inventory or just to, yeah. Wow. Um, so you had a couple big things happen in the, I, I don't know, again, I've lost all sense of time during the pandemic. <laughs> um, so it could have been in the past two I years know. or the past five years. <laughs> oh no, it feels um, like 10 years have gone does. by it since does. 2020, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> it really does. It's like 2020 is just still happening. Like we haven't, we're stuck in it. Jill said um, that in a meeting the other day, she was like, well, in 2020, we're going to do this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> do you mean 2022? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we've moved on. <laughs> um, so you received some 
some funding, a pretty significant amount of funding. I'd love to hear about that from your from the county, the city. I'm still confused on that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we so in 2015, mm -hmm. um, we were awarded a, a grant award from the city and county of San Francisco to establish and operate the nation's first publicly funded um, diaper bank. And so 2015 was when we, we started out at, with a pilot program mm -hmm. and um, basically we were serving the city's um, families that were receiving, um, we call it CalWORKS in, in California, mm -hmm. AKA TANF welfare. Um, so the thing about San Francisco is that income inequality is just crazy. It's mad. It's just bananas. Um, and so welfare, not a lot of people, you know, qualify for welfare. Um, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. No. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, so, but it's like the, because income inequality is so hard, like what's happened in the city of San Francisco is that over the past 10, 15 years, a lot of families, um, low income families, middle income families of color have actually made an exodus out of San Francisco just because of cost of living. Mm -hmm. um, and so what has happened, like this dynamic is that the fam low income families who are left in the city, they're the families who um, either they're just incredibly loyal and they have you know their roots there, or they simply don't have enough resources to leave. Like they can't leave, they, they, right. they can't even afford to move. <laughs> out of the city. Um, so, so that's where we started was we started with the most, uh, the lowest income families, the families, if you can imagine. Um, so the median income, well, I don't know, things are just changing because of um, the, the cost of living, you know, that's gone right. up this, this past year. But in 2015, you know, like a, a family of three, um, you know, a toddler and a baby and a, a single parent, um, in San Francisco, they did a calculation that said basically in order to meet the family's basic needs, the household income needs to be a minimum of $95,000. That's like no frills, don't go to the movies, you know, it's, it's childcare, groceries, health insurance, housing. That's um, crazy. And the, the average income for a CalWORKs family in San Francisco at that time, of course, it's changed now, was like... $12,000. So if you can imagine $1,000 a, a month mm -hmm. having that income, like, and diapers cost, you know, 75 to $100. And, um, you know, obviously, um, I don't know if this is the case in Kansas City, but a lot of, um, a lot of the urban, uh, you know, San Francisco, or, you know, just, there's, um, there's a, there's a diaper desert, you know, like food deserts, yep. like there's, yep, there's, there's places where, Same. you know, mm -hmm. the single, a single one, you know, disposable diaper for 25 for 50 cents, yep. you know, mm -hmm. at a, at a, at a local store. So, um, so we started that in 2015 In 2019, um, we received some funding from the state of California. So the state of California basically said, Hey, diaper need is real. And that's thanks to advocates and, you know, uh, uh, legislation, le legislators, um, assembly member, the former assembly member, Lorena Gonzalez, was really instrumental um, at our state capitol to, to push through that funding. She tried several years to do that. Um, so in 2019, we were part of this cohort of food banks and, you know, us as a diaper bank, we received some funding from the state. And so we decided to collaborate one with San Francisco to add um, <clears throat> CalFresh families onto our program. CalFresh is also known as, you know, SNAP recipients. Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't know when, when is this podcast? When do you think this podcast Probably, might? Probably uh, late February or early March. Okay. So, or if watch there's the space. a time, if there's a time <laughs> yeah. you would rather do it, we can do it then. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's fine. We are, we're getting rid and we'll be announcing uh, an expansion of of our San Francisco program, um, awesome. in the, you know, the spring, um, that's awesome in, in April, May timeframe, but 
you know, in addition to San Francisco, I mean, San Francisco is very unique because as you mentioned, it's a, both a city and a county. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier sometimes to, um, it's also a very wealthy county. Let's just be, right. <laughs> let's just be frank. Um, you know, there's more general funds that are available for, um, you know, um, to serve the organizations, um, you know, working within that ecosystem. And so that's where I think we're, you know, we were incredibly lucky because not all cities are both a city and a county. And mm-hmm. in terms of like other counties in the Bay Area, I can say that it seems like it's just much harder to get uh, everyone on the same page. Right. Um, and, you know, politics and, you know, all that. Not, not to say that San Francisco doesn't have politics. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, I mean, I mean, first of all, that work that in 2015, I mean, I that that's just incredible. And I remember reading about it. I can't believe it was that long ago, um, but it was just amazing to hear um, about that and, and the work that you're guys were doing. So again, kudos. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, how, you know, you've really, I think, thought outside of the box or approached it, um, maybe not differently, but, but approached it from a a direction that not a lot of, uh, early diaper banks were approaching things. And it's just really, really cool to see that that you you. did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how many times was your house like full of diapers? Like, you know, like they're, they're, you know, Cool. <laughs> right. Like, it's yep. not like, oh, oh, by the way, in San Francisco, it's just that, you know, like how many more, you know, yes, there was a lot of, oh yeah, you know, grinding. Yeah, <laughs> like, there was. There's a lot I, of like before yeah. 2015. My like, daughter still talks about how she learned how to count, count by doing inv- diaper inventory for me. Like yes. literally was like, I was like, okay, let's, we're going to count these diapers. Yes. <laughs> it's learning. a great, it's a great tool. Love it. it. Love it. it yes. It we is. will always collect. Honestly, we will always have diaper drives. You know, yes, it's, it's been same. a little hard for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during the pandemic because of everything. And, you know, we had to, um, you know, downshift on that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very great community building tool. And, um, and especially for the young, for the younglings, you know, mm-hmm. like counting and, and just doing good. And it's, you know, yeah, it's a great way to get them involved. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so you also started producing your own diapers. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell us about that. It's not, uh, yeah. I'm not producing the diapers in my backyard. Right. Um, right. we outsource that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we produce our, we are, we have a private label, mm-hmm. um, of our own diaper, um, for diaper bankers listening, I would say everyone's like, well, how did you do that? Um, yeah, like a lot of hard work. And um, <laughs> I would say if you are interested in doing that, I would I would recommend that you, uh, what, did, what did I tell you? Like, what is it? The two, was it 2 million? One, you it? told me 1 million. 1 million. Yep. You'd okay. have at least 1 million set aside. 1 million diapers or 1 million dollars. I think you said a million dollars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's gotta be a million. It's gotta before be. You can even think about doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and your annual operating budget, right? Yes. Like if you yep. have that, that's sort of like the baseline, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say, you know, shout out to NDBN. Like we have mm-hmm. also been, you know, especially during this time of supply chain bananasness. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a word? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we, we've been diversifying (laughs) our supply chain because it is like, Oh, (laughs) no trucks came in December. Like I went on vacation and like, I came, I was like, what happened to the truck? We were supposed to get three trucks. Like, Oh oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, I don't know. I want to, I want to hear about how things are. If you guys have had problems, you know, we were really, really lucky. And I think um, because we've kind of always had to be a little bit scrappy about getting our diapers <laughs> and we've had great relationships with several vendors, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit and we knew that there was a diaper shortage and all of this stuff going on, we called one of our vendors um, and, and, and because we do a lot of planning ahead with our inventory we were you know able to say hey 
this is exactly what we need for the rest of the year. Can you promise us that? And they were able to secure that for us. Oh, um, good. Yeah. So that was phenomenal because I, I, I know everybody was really scrambling. Um, and I think again, just, it was, who knows luck relationship building, um, just having the foresight to jump on the phone with them before the world shut down, you know, and just saying, Hey, in case something goes wonky, this is what we need. Can you make sure we have it? And, and they oh did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you knew you, you had this feeling March, 2020 or before that. Yeah. That I this- think I shut down. I mean, the, the coasts of course were shut down before you know, things always happen on the coast before they get to the Midwest. Um, but I did shut things down at least, you know, we stopped working at the warehouse in person a couple weeks before things really shut down in Kansas city. Now we never shut down our operations. We kept, um, we, we kept distributing diapers, but yeah, I was really just like, this is, this is not gonna, you know, go well. And I, I have a lot of friends on the coasts. Um, so I was hearing things and rumblings and I was like, yeah, we, we probably need to have some backup plans here just in case. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, luckily we did. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I know I can't imagine. And Mm -hmm. you know, just everything that's happened, especially in the last year in terms of supply chains, like Mm -hmm. if, if help a mother out and happy bottoms were having you know, like what I, I worry about, um, some of the, the smaller diet, you know, more yes. nascent, um, groups mm-hmm. just in terms of, you know, procurement. Absolutely. And serving and fundraising, fundraising. Oh my goodness. Oh. Like it's, it's been so hard to engage, um, our community during this time. Uh, <laughs> yes. I would say we in Kansas city, our funders here really, really, really stepped up. I mean, that was something that was, um, I'm not going to say easy because to me, fundraising is never easy. It's my least favorite part of our, of the job. Um, I, yeah, plus one, right. (laughs) I luckily have an amazing woman who's great at it and she just loves it. I mean, I have no problems asking people for money. I'm not great at the warm, fuzzy, build, build the relationship. You know what I mean? Like, but I'll go in and say, Hey, I need this money for this reason. And here's why. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. it sounds like we should tag team because I love yeah. the warm and fuzzy. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm not a closer. You have I'm to like, com- well, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. I will totally, I'll way. do the, I'll do the closing okay. all day long. Yeah. Really? Like, Always yeah. be closing. Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, no, I can, I can. I love it. Um, so tell me when you maybe first learned about poverty, because I feel, and I've got another question too, but we'll start with this one. I'm going to write down my other one. So I don't forget it. Um, do you remember learning about poverty or, you know, did, how did that come about in your life? Um, that is a really good question. Um, so I would say I would, I would back up, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know, I know we talked about like, whoa, we're going to talk about, um, so I will share a, a little thing about, yes. uh, my childhood. Um, so I'm from, um, I was originally born in Saigon, Vietnam, and, um, my family came here, you know, in the seventies. Wow. And so like my, my family history, like my maternal grandmother, like she, um, uh, her family was from the countryside, um, in, you know, in Vietnam and she, her family couldn't afford to, um, feed her. So they basically, you know, sent her to the city to go work as a servant for another family. And so, you know, that's sort of, I don't know, might, might be subconsciously, like what kind of motivates me is that, um, you know, I just think that every baby, um, needs to be loved and have their basic needs met. And also importantly, moms need to be supported, right? right. Because, um, it, it's a very radical notion of like bringing up children in this world. <laughs> right? oh. And we need to support, we need to invest more, you know, and I Absolutely. know I'm preaching to the choir, but yeah. So, I mean, that's what it is, is that, you know, I saw my family struggling, um, you know, working class immigrant, you know, it was a bicultural um, household, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's in my genes or if it's just like the the empathy of, you know, um, my background. Like it just that's sort of where 
So mm-hmm. I, I guess the answer to your question is like, I don't really know. I don't know yeah. when I just, you know, and I don't know that I ever had an aha moment um, about, you know, poverty, um, mm-hmm. you know, until help a mother out, you know, like it, it's, it was one of those things where it was like, I had a baby in diapers and, you know, certainly, you know, um, middle income family <laughs> in, in <laughs> you know, definitely not coming from deep pockets, right. but you know, it just the ability to be like, you know, I can go to target or Costco, or, you know, I can have a compostable diaper service for my child, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like I, I could have all those options and I, I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just the other day, my, my kid, my, my 16, my oldest son, who's now 16, which is crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did that even happen? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like, oh, I need to go get some graph paper, you know? So we went to Target and got some graph paper, but you know, and I was thinking like, you know, not every parent has that ability to do that, you know, with school supplies or other things. So, so that's, you know, I guess a very long-winded answer. No, I love that. And I think about that all the time. You know, these, these teenage children now just have little things they need all the time. Like, and my daughter's not even, you know, she doesn't like shopping. She never asked for anything, but there are, like you said, graph paper, there's things that they need for school or projects or this or that. And I just do, you know, I think of that so much now, how some families can't meet even that need. Right. Um, and, and it's challenging. And so this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately, and I'm curious to just talk about it with you, you know, as I'm sure you do, we really all want to end diaper need, right? (laughs) Um, and just, and make, make it be that if you have a baby, you have diapers, there's, you you know, you just, you get, you get them. But I also think like to your point you said a minute ago um um it it babies should have this basic need met and mothers you know it does affect mothering it affects your mental health it affects i mean i would say it affects the well-being of a mother if you're looking at that baby and thinking i i'm you know i can't even get you something as basic as a diaper i i just i mean i've heard moms say how worthless and hopeless they feel Um, But we know that diapers is just one part of the poverty puzzle. And so that is my struggle a little bit lately is I just want to fix it all. But the problem seems so big. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm chipping away at this one piece, but there's so many other pieces that have to be fixed. Um, I'm just curious, you know, does does that ever come up for you? Is there I, I would say I think well, I would hope um, in your location, you're a little more progressive. So maybe there's some bigger conversations about that on the whole, about what that can really be done. Maybe not. (laughs) Um, but does this, does this ever cross your mind, this thought, you know, and how diapers fit into the whole poverty puzzle? Mm. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, um, diaper need is like the canary in the coal mine, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, this is a consequence of, mm-hmm. you know, disinvestment, you know, yep. generational disinvestment um, and, in families. And um, yeah, it, it, what I like about the cause um, in terms, you know, just the, you know, not, one, you know, you feel great when you get to help people and mm-hmm. like, I feel so lucky. I don't know if you, I'm like, this is so great. I know it's hard. I know it's hard and like building an organization, but it's definitely, you know, it's like being a parent. It's like, it's so hard, but it's so rewarding. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I lost my thought. That's okay. What were we talking? Oh, canary in the coal mine. Yeah. So um, what I appreciate about being in this line of work is that we get to meet and evangelize um, to people, you know, make friends, um, you know, supporters, uh, you know, get supporters and we get to share this. And it's a very tangible, you know, diaper need is a very tangible symbol mm-hmm. for poverty and 
when people have to go, right? Like I, I mentioned, like we'll always do diaper drives. Like if you have to go to a store and you maybe your kids have been out of diapers for a really long time, or maybe you're child free. Um, you know, the fact the 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 act of like buying diapers and like realizing that they're so expensive, like that kind of changes your mind, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, like it I feel like we're in the business of changing hearts and minds of people, right? Yeah, because it's absolutely. so hard. You can't say, oh, we want to alleviate poverty, right? Well, that's a very lofty goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Solve bit. that. Solve uh, that problem. <laughs> but this is one thing. And so when you it get, to, when you can talk to someone about diapers, mm -hmm. you can then talk to them about childcare, mm -hmm. poverty, right? The bigger um, picture. Early childhood. Yeah. The bigger picture. I love that. I needed yeah. to hear that. <laughs> I needed to be reminded. Yeah, I needed yeah. to be reminded that that is really the entrance then to talk about the bigger picture. Like it's a, you know, it, it's it's yeah, it opens up it it opens up a great conversation. It does. I mean, it can. It has the it has the ability to. It also it also, I mean, to be totally transparent, like a, you know, it it, it also can be awkward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when, um, you know, I mean, there's different, you know, uh, supporters or people and people are complex and, you know, so, um, and we all seem to have very, um, specific, uh, perspectives on how the world should work. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I see it as an opportunity to just, you know, kind of make people think. Definitely. Yeah. Jill and I, at least, have started doing this. Um, well, we had this idea to do like a man on the street. I don't know if you've seen like late night talk shows where they'll go out with a microphone and interview people yeah. or just ask them questions. Usually it's like, what's going on in the world or whatever. But we did like mm -hmm. a diaper man on the street. So we would go to a, a bar close to where we operate and ask people, you know, how much do you think this box of diapers costs? And especially the young people, you know, they don't have any idea how much that box of diapers costs. So you start to see just by asking those prompting questions, like the wheels start turning. Well, how long do you think 164 diapers would last this baby? And then they're like, you know, they things that they've not necessarily thought about before, but it generated a lot of conversations about, like you're saying, diaper in general. And, oh, did you know that, you know, federal programs don't cover diapers and, just asking those kind of questions to get people to like experience it on their own, like as if they mm -hmm. were going to be purchasing diapers. Mm -hmm. It does resonate a little more. I feel like. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. Do, is that like on your YouTube or I'm like, I, I feel like it's like, um, you know, the daily know. Like, um, it was really fun. We are, we've done a, like one compilation video of the two times that we went out, but we're trying to offload it onto our young professional board because they yeah. are a little bit younger and, you know, they're out in yeah. these bars later than we are. I think we, we did it at like five o'clock. <laughs> so we're trying to offload it to our young professional board and maybe they could do it as like an activity at night where they get a lot of young people, like they've had a couple and just to make it fun and get more, yeah, more content. I but. love that. And I love that you guys have a young professionals board. That's something that, um, that, uh, I've long been interested in, in doing it's, it's, I think our communities, like we, I mean, just inspired by everything that you've, your community driven effort, just like the, mm -hmm. you, you know, it just seems culturally like you guys are very deep deeply embedded in your, you know, your community really cares, like mm -hmm. your corporate Definitely. giving programs and. Um, yes. We're very, very fortunate that they really do. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And the young professional board. Yeah, they are, they're fantastic. So reach out anytime. I'll tell you all about that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful. We love them. Um, okay. So I have another question for you. We are all leaders in some way. Can you tell me how you are a leader? And if there was a defining point or person that led to that. A leader in some way. Um, huh. I don't know. I feel like I'm a reluctant leader. I mean, I, you know, generally like with my, with, with the team, with the, you know, the internal team, you know, we, um, 
you know, we, we like to have mutual respect and reciprocity and, you know, we were skewed towards growth and, and action. And, you know, I generally try to, um, uh, foster an environment where all perspectives are, are listened to. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of a tricky question. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't supposed to be doing this. It was kind of an act. It was accidental. I know that's, that's, that's kind that's of how a, it always happens though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, um, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not that great of an answer. No, that's um, all right. I'm sure you're a leader yeah. to your kids as well in some ways. And yeah, I mean, clearly, yeah, I think you're, you're just a leader in the work that you're doing. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, Okay, so why do you think some of us end up in a pile of it and others get out clean? You know, it kind of just tying it back to to our work. I am a big a, a big advocate for early childhood development, and I think that um, you know there is more scholarship now than you know 30, 40 years ago about adverse childhood experiences. Um, you know, and so if I was going to, I don't know, hypothesize, I, I would say that, you know, some of us experience trauma at an, at an early age and, and that impacts, you know, and, and we all, we all to a certain extent have trauma experienced in our lives. We're human, we're complex, you know, um, and, um, but, but I do think, I think that, you know, that's, that's why I'm still here trying to build the organization that will last beyond me is that I really do think that the first step um, to make sure to minimize trauma <laughs> it, with children is to be able to empower their parents to be able to, you know, take care of their kids' basic needs and themselves. You know, I think that as much as we can do that, I think that's why some people, you know, come out on top. And some people don't, right? Like, yep. Jill, like your kids are going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. my kids are going to be okay. Um, Ashley, I don't know if you're a mom or not, but you know, <laughs> <I do>. <laughs> <laughs> um, your kids will be okay, right? Like, like, like we know, I mean, it's, you know, we, you know, so, and yeah, so I, I think that's, that's probably why it's just that, you know, the in, inequality and um, those adverse childhood experiences really, yeah. really do something like biologically, neurologically. You know, and I'm and- so glad that's getting attention, but I, I hope that it continues to get more and more attention. Um, the adverse childhood experiences. I think that's, um, I always say, or I've been saying like, if, if every child or, and parent, but you know, if we had some system where every child was getting therapy from a young age, every single child, I wonder how much better the world might be at some point. <laughs> you oh, know. yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Plus one on that. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know. It's just mental health is so important. Right. And so stigmatized, so, mm-hmm. so stigmatized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and also just like, you know, how you were brought up, like that is going to be your, um, blueprint mm-hmm. of how you might parent. And so if you were brought up, you know, like if you experienced trauma, like either within your, your family of origin or externally, that, that has an impact. And, you know, every child needs to have, you know, at least one grown up that's like, you know, I have your back, like, it's going to be okay. And, you know, I'm so sorry, like, just to kind of like acknowledge like what they're going through, because, you know, I mean, hmm Children are human. They're just little human beings. They are. <laughs> they are. They, you know, like they, you know, they, <laughs> they want to be, everyone wants to be seen and heard, even if they're, you're not going to do what they want you to do. Right. Like they just mm-hmm. want to be acknowledged. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, um, yeah, sorry. It's, it's a What's bit of your, a no, salad, I love this. What's your, um, uh, well, I'm making assumptions. Did you go to college? Um, yes. What's your, what, what did you say? I studied, so you're going <laughs> to, um, I, so I went to, I went to UC Berkeley. Okay. Um, 
I studied film studies. So I, look at this. It's so funny. I tell donors this all the time. I was going to be a documentary filmmaker and I didn't end up going into documentary filmmaking one because I needed to pay rent. And like, I just didn't want to like, I didn't want to fundraise. I did not want to fundraise. I was like, I can't do that. I'm not a fundraiser. And so it's such, and here you are irony that like, I'm, you know, I have to raise money, which I don't really like doing. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Um, Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay. So where did you uh, go to, where did you, you went to college? Yeah, I went to college here in the Midwest. Um, and I studied public relations and theater. Oh, okay. (laughs) So yeah, neither of which I really use, although I think the theater really came in handy for when I have to, you know, give speeches or do things like that. So yes, absolutely. And I've seen some of those videos. Yeah. I've seen those videos, (laughs) you guys and your yeah. Oh, Your yes. warehouse our, and, social, you know. our fun social media stuff that yes. Ashley does. Yeah, I, that's, yes. That's fun. I it's know. We fun. miss those. We're never together anymore. I know we oh. aren't. We're all still pretty much working just wherever we want to work. Um, yeah. Except for a couple who are in the warehouse pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, okay. And we want to know, what do you most value? What do I most value? Um I value my family, my kids. Aww, I love yeah. my I love my kids. They're growing up. Yeah. It's so hard, isn't it? It's I'm hard. Growing up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it feels like, you know, we were just talking about it's been like 10 years. The last three yes. years feels like 10 years. I feel like March 2020, like my kids like kind of still wanted to hang out with me once in a while. And like, I don't know, it feels like they've gotten older, you know, they're teenagers now and like they don't want to hang out with yeah. me anymore so that's been like this process of like okay oh. they're here but <laughs> yes it's part of the process it's it's healthy it's healthy it is you know? I don't want to I don't want them living with me when they're 40 you know right. like it's, I think it's right. great but yeah I'm a little wistful <laughs> about that it's just oh you know <laughs> yes it is it's very very bittersweet it's like oh it's so fun to like watch them grow up and get that independence and you know want to be spending time with their friends at night instead of you know just hanging out with you all the time and it's like yeah. it's kind of nice because you can kind of breathe but it's like oh <laughs> yeah sad too but um well this has been lovely Ashley I don't know if you have any other questions or Lisa if there's anything else you want to share with us I don't have any questions. I just wanted to congratulate the both of you. I know you don't get a lot of love as Aww. leaders and I know it's lonely. Aww. It's so funny because when you were talking about that, I was thinking that I got the way we do employee of the month at happy bottoms is that the person who is the employee of the month chooses the next employee of the month. And I, so I was employee of the month this month. So I'm thinking about who I wanted to nominate. And I was like, well, Jill does so many amazing things yes. and she never gets employee of the month. But I was like, but I can't really give it to Jill because then everybody will be like, well, she's just trying to suck up or whatever, you know? Oh so my like, gosh. And I'm sure that other people have had that same thought. So nobody gets it to Jill, even yes. though she does so many okay. amazing things. You need to, you need, yes, I think you should get employee of the month. Right? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's Seriously. fine. No, it, that's, you know. it's really for the, you know, for everybody else. Cause they do all work very, very hard as well, but you guys get yes. pulled in a million directions and this is, you know, something that you just had a passion about it and you turned it into this amazing operation that it is today. So congratulations. And I just Aww. want to give you a pat on the back if nobody else does. <laughs> Thank you. This yeah, has been seriously. a big love fest. I, love I it. know. Totally. Actually, Jill, I think you need to take the day off the rest right. of the day. Off. <laughs> right. well, Lisa, I no longer work on Fridays. So oh, good for you. I only Yay. work four days a week and it has been life changing. So I highly nice. recommend I really want my whole team to only have um, four yes. weeks, but, um, that is very progressive. Yeah. I just, yes. the way of the future and it, it the is way of now is really what it should yeah. be. So totally. I think we should just like solve everybody's problem. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> just us, you know, we're just going to do like, we're going to start yeah. a new podcast of problem solving. Just call, <laughs> problem just solving. call in and tell us what your problem is. And we'll tell you exactly how to solve. Yeah, it. exactly. No, <laughs> and then, but here, then you yeah. have to go do all the hard work because we're, 
we we're doing the hard work already. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Self-care is, is hard work. It, it can, it, it's hard work for, it is, know, it is. It's very hard work. And I know a lot of diaper bankers, including myself who found that out the hard way and, you know, really, um, experienced some big, not great things because they didn't take time for self-care. Um, so yes. So yes, make, yes. Make time Num- that's the number one important. thing. That's absolutely. the number one advice, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, Lisa, thank you. This has been wonderful. Um, thank you. I'm going to email you my so phone. Later, so <laughs> yes, no, seriously. <laughs> Joe, like, um, phone call buddies. Yes. <laughs> totally. Anytime. Okay. Yes. And then just a little message for, for your colleagues. I would just yes. say, it's just, you know, just, just recognize, <laughs> yeah, just, I, it's so lonely. Yes. I just, somebody told me once, I'm oh, sorry. Um, I know you're trying to like, you're like, no, oh, no, no, we're, you're good. You're good. Um, I, I have this thing with, with, with the team is that, you know, we're really into feedback. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, you know, the boss, like, it's just so lonely and, um, you know, just be kind. <laughs> You know, does it, and does anybody actually give you feedback? Because I beg for it. Yes, well, they do. But it is, it's hard to get. Yes, well, we have an annual review process. And mm-hmm. so um, it's 360. So everyone oh, gives one good. another feedback and, good. you know, uh, you know, hard, hard to do, right? Yeah. Hard to practice kindness, right. respect. Um, Absolutely. You know, feedback to uplift, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. it is lonely. So Send me your phone number and we can text <laughs> and commiserate. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope um, everybody enjoyed and I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. Yeah. Lisa. So keep up the great work. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. believe she looked up the first email I ever sent her I was gonna bring that up and I wish we would have talked about it more because I was thinking about this last night I am so embarrassed by that first email although (laughs) she read it because I haven't looked at it in probably 10 11 years however long ago that was um but I do remember I had forgotten that it was really a blog that started out um but I I think because it was a blog, I was like, I love this name, help a mother out. I wanted to use it for our name. <laughs> it was like, can I like, you know, we're in the Midwest over there. No, like, do you care if I use that? And, and of course, you know, she was like, yeah, no, that, that would, it would be best if you didn't, of course. Right. And right. I was just thinking about that last night and I was like, I can't believe I did. Like I even asked that it was such a, you know, <laughs> just uh, whatever. We um, all do things that we wish we could take back. Yes. Excited about the idea. And I know I do that all the time where I have an idea and I'm like, I need to get this out right now before I forget about it. Yes. And then it's like, oh, I probably should have thought through that a little more. <laughs> no, I love it when you I have, although I haven't gotten one of these in a long time, but I used to get texts from you, Ashley, late at night when you were out about some fun <laughs> idea. And that was my favorite. I loved it. <laughs> I do get my best ideas when I have a couple of drinks. Every- <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's for, it kind of breaks down barriers that yes. I of rationality. Exactly. <laughs> and then I forgot to ask her about Rachel Fudge, like the Rachel Fudge. I don't know who that is. Oh my gosh. She's like, that's a, that's a big, important name. I don't really know why, but I know there's a, a, the Rachel Fudge. I'm going to oh. have to look up. I'm going to have to look up and see. Um, I'm going to look it up right now in case anybody else listening is like, yeah, I know that name. Um, freelance writer specializing in scholarly nonfiction, public policy, and nonprofit advocacy. I don't know. Maybe I, I just heard Maybe I just recognize it from back in the day when she was working with her, but I thought it was like a yeah, I, whatever. I'm sure she's incredible too. Yes. I'm sure that she is. 
<laughs> and I think you need to find that email, print it off, and we'll put it in the Happy Bottoms History binder. <laughs> yes, I should. I should. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, that was Lisa. What'd you think? She's great. Yeah. She reminds me a lot of you. Yeah. Yeah. The more she was talking, I was like, oh, yeah, we are cut from the same cloth a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Both uh, passionate people. And then now you're kind of in this whirlwind of you're running, not necessarily like a business, but it is kind of a right. business. And yeah, all the things that go along with that. And it's challenging for everybody. I have a doctor friend who's an amazing doctor and he wanted to, you know, be a doctor so he could help people. But when you start your own practice, you also have to worry about hiring and keeping staff and mm-hmm. getting them insurance. And there's just so many things that, you know, outside of your original passion that come with, you know, kind of doing your right. own thing that it, with having it, to be in quotes, in air quotes, the boss. Yes. Yes. It's not as fun <laughs> as, yes. as like when I get to used to drive the truck full of diapers and take <laughs> them to our partner agencies and everybody loved to see me. And it was, you know, right? amazing, amazing feeling. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's challenging, but you know, we do, I've got great diaper banking friends and, you know, we stay in touch. So it's, it's wonderful, but Lisa's incredible. I just, I think that that work that she did in 2015 to really get the first publicly funded, um, diaper banking program is incredible. I mean, yeah, just incredible. So I love it. And the fact, did you hear they have four employees. I should have had her tell us, I mean, they put out a lot more diapers than we we do. It's pretty impressive with only four employees, but their model of kind of, um, you know, like they're, they don't have to have warehouse people. They've got, you know, they're, they're hiring all of that out is pretty smart, really. I mean, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Leave that stuff to the professionals who are like, that's what they do. (laughs) Yes. It's like, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. So anyway, love talking to her. She's really impressive. Mm -hmm. She is. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoy and we'll uh, uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.